the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com. Hey, this is Frazier with Lead Pops and Next Level, and I'm proud to present this episode of the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. Lead Pops is the industry's only future-proof growth solution. You can check us out at leadpops.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of Next Level Loan Officers podcast with real originators in the trenches, just like you every single day. Guys, we are ending our year, right? The year has come to an end. And Shane and I, we've actually spent a lot of time over the last you know, few days and even weeks and really the entire year, if we're being fair about it, uh, and really have reflected you know, on our past, uh, how far we've come, the steps that we've taken backwards. And uh, Shane, you were just sharing with me uh, about an amazing story. I think, dude, I think you should tell that story about Dan Campbell. And, yeah, man. I, I'd love to. Humble beginnings. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, you know, it's, it's always such a good reminder when you see people having success at a high level in any environment to be able to reflect back on, you know, I would call it sometimes a better time, a simpler time, you know, like more money, more problems, right. From the notorious mm-hmm. BIG. Yeah. And sometimes we forget how far we've come. And also, I think sometimes life, our market has a way of, you know, like hitting reset, whether you like it or not. And uh, so we were talking earlier about uh, the Detroit Lions head coach, Dan Campbell. Now, imagine if the only opportunity you had in your business was to go work for the worst lender in the country <laughs> or maybe second worst lender in the country, right? That was Dan Campbell's opportunity when he took on the job for the Detroit Lions. Now, perspective is important. Dan Campbell played for the Detroit Lions. He would not say that they were the worst team in the league or the worst mortgage company. He would say they had the most potential. It's all about perspective. So Dan's done an incredible job. He took a team that has been historically bad. And like the last couple of years, it was just a given they were going to be in the top five in the NFL draft every year. And Dan has them now on a trajectory to maybe even make the playoffs. They've won like five or six games in a row at this point. They just beat my team, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, uh, not too, I'm sorry, they didn't beat my team, but like they're now beating my team in the standings for the playoffs. And, and a story came out on ESPN about Dan's humble beginnings. You know, Dan is actually from, he's, he's the son of a cattle farmer from Texas. I uh, grew up on a, on a ranch, on a dirt road that's off a dirt road that's off a dirt road. Like he told the story of when he was getting recruited, he had to meet people at his high school because they couldn't find his house. Humble beginnings. He talks about when he, when he retired from the NFL, a lot of these guys retire and they have no direction for their entire life. They've been one thing. It's like somebody who's been in the military since they were young and they get out and they have no direction, no path. And he uh, went to his alma mater, Texas A&M and said, Hey, do you, can I come coach here and like hang out? And they're like, well, you can't legally coach, but you can watch practice and hang out. And so unbeknownst to the players and the coaches, he then lived in a mobile home park 10 minutes away to get to and from work because he like his family was back home, lived in a trailer. 
that's humble beginnings, man. And so now one of the, like kind of the talk of the town and up and coming coach who's done an incredible job of shifting momentum at a place that ultimately didn't have a track record of success. And I think it's a really good story to kick off the kick off this you know this episode of the podcast because man you and I have come from some humble beginnings and in a lot of ways it was a simpler time but what I think is really important I'd love you to share is knowing what we know now like and re- it, being able to reflect back after an incredible ride and now a very unique environment unique market like Think of a time when you, you know, like humble beginnings and what did you learn from that that can help us moving forward in 2023? Well, um, when I go back to my early days uh, as an originator back in the day, man, I'm talking 2003, February 2003, it's almost been 20 years. um, I realized at that time that, you know, that we don't know what we don't know. And dude, I was all hustle. And I lived in a apartment. Uh, my apartment was $411 a month, right? I remember that. $411, you don't forget that. Had a truck payment that was like $350, had to pay insurance, and I had $2,500 to my name when I got in this business, Shane. And I had no plan B. Talking about burning the ships, I burned the ships, just didn't know that, you know, didn't know that I was burning the ships at the time. I had no plan B. And I hustled along there for about five months and I was out of money. Like I was just, I was broke. And I remember going to my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I asked her, talking about humble beginnings, bro. Like I asked her, hey, can I borrow $800? I need to make my truck payment, my rent payment, my insurance payment. That left me about $50, Shane, to be able to buy groceries. And I'm going to tell you, I was a ramen noodle eating fool, bro. Right. I knew how to eat. I knew how to make some gourmet ramen noodles. And, um, the story goes the following month, I had a bunch of deals in the works, but I'd never closed a loan before. So I didn't know what it looked like. And I didn't really believe in it a hundred percent, but I knew that I was just doing the work and I was just going to stay focused on that. And on that sixth month, I got my first paycheck. And that check was for $27,000 right now. I'm going to put it in perspective. $27,000 might as well have been $270,000 to me today right? It meant, it it meant so much to me. And I was fresh out of the Marine Corps. And as a sergeant in the Marine Corps, a sergeant, the most I'd ever made was $32,000. A year. A year. year. Not a deal, not a month, a year. And and to be able to make $27,000 in one month, right? Or about a 40 day period, dude, I thought this shit should be illegal, right? But I didn't have any guidance. I had worked for a broker that told me, hey, man, just fake it till you make it. And that didn't work for me. We didn't have the Internet like we do today. The Internet was very young. It was still a child. But I didn't have the same resources that we have available to people today. <clears throat> but the reason I like to share that story, Shane, and how it kind of relates to this conversation is because even as we go through our careers, and you get better and you have successes, it doesn't mean you're not going to have pitfalls or failures. And I think that this year has been a very, you know, great example of that because a testament to that, because this has been a rough year for a lot of loan officers. It's been rough for me. I've had to adjust 
course correct, adjust again and adjust again. I just feel like I keep making these adjustments and, um, and I have not done the same production that I did last year, right. Or the year before, does that make me a failure? I don't think it does. I think it reminds us of a couple of things. One, to get back to the basics, um, two, to really, um, look at, look at your overall personal life that you got going on personally and just really rewrite who you're going to be. And most importantly, how are you going to respond to a market like this? Right. Because I feel like a lot of successful originators, they have lost their confidence and it has nothing to do with you. We can't control what the market does, but we can control what we do in a down market. Right. And, uh, and I literally, I could talk about this for hours, right? Like I really could, but I know Shane that you have some things that probably relate to this. Well, KT, I love that. And it reminds me of one of my favorite quotes of all time, which is we can't control the storms and the seas, but we can't adjust our sails. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And bro, I came from humble beginnings too. father passed away when I was eight. Um, we had to sell everything. I mean, we had the dream life before that. My, my dad owned a very unique, successful business. He traveled the world. Uh, he bought a large plot of land. He built our home and hand selected our neighbors and, and bought a piece of land right across from the elementary school. Cause his dream was to walk his kids to school. Mm-hmm. Fast forward 12 months later, new town, new home, no dad, mom's now created her own house cleaning business. And I, you know, and again, like, man, I was not poor by any stretch of the imagination, but humble beginnings. And when I started in this business, I was a full-time fireman. Uh, I had this, like, it's, I had like a seed of entrepreneurial, like kind of beginnings in me, but it hadn't grown into the, like the, (laughs) the weed or the tree that it is today. And, uh, but I knew I wanted more. I knew I wanted to be able to be in control of my own destiny. And I knew that like being a fireman was an amazing experience, like being in the Marines, but it wasn't like going to help me create a legacy for my family. And so, man, we hustled, my wife and I, like we lived in a dirty little apartment across the street from a strip club and and, like that we never attended by the way, but like, dude, and I just remember that, like we had little baseboard heaters and like we saved our money. And, uh, I remember when I was a fireman that I would get up two hours early, work on my mortgage business, go to the, go to the station. And when the guys were taking a break, I was working. And I remember like, but I think what's so important is the actions that got me from that place to an amazing blessed life that I would never have dreamed of having. And it was to your point, some very simple actions. And and I just want to share one today. And and Ken, I'd love for you to share one as well that I hope will, you know, it reminds me of where I came from. And a lot of times where you come from is where you need to go back to, right? doesn't mean you need to do the exact same way, but man, it's funny when you grow up and you say, I'm never moving back to my hometown. I hated growing up in my hometown. And then you end up moving back to your hometown and building a big sweet ass house and becoming the mayor of your town. And that's a really unique story. And so I'll tell you one of the things I did from my humble beginning. So when I started in this industry, I was a broker for like a year, did one deal, had no, like no clue what I was doing. And I I fell into a deal from um, an amazing, uh, who's now a friend of mine. She was a dispatcher, my first client ever. And she was just at my client appreciation event last weekend, 12 years later, which is, which is a pretty cool story. And 
I got a lead out of the blue. I'm a year and a half in. I'm now working at a retail shop. Like I have no clue what I'm doing. I have a database of like my mom, my wife, and a few friends. Like that was my database. And somebody from like the fire department said, Hey man, heard you do loans. If you can give me a cheap deal, I'll use you. And he didn't have an agent he was working with. And I, whether I was desperate, creative, or maybe a combination of both, I'm thinking in my head, like, well, man, if I got a lead, that's an excuse to meet with agents and not like one agent, but like a lot of agents. And so what I did, I took this one lead and, and I knew because I had been trying to meet with agents unsuccessfully because, man, they didn't have the time of day for a guy with no business, no database, no history in the business. And I was asking them for their time without having something of value to exchange. And I don't mean CFPB, easy, don't come after me, like giving them money, but like everybody who meets with everybody does so because there's some sort of value they're gonna get from that exchange. I go to church and listen to my pastor because I wanna be uplifted. I fly in early to a next level event to hang out with you and grab an old fashioned because you have great ideas and I know I'm gonna be able to regroup. Agents wanna meet with people who give them value. You don't have to give them a dollar to give them value. So what I did is I took this one lead and I looked online and I found like 15, 10, 15. It was actually, it was like 10 agents that, that like worked, lived, focused on the area where my lead was looking to buy a home. And it was, and it was very simple. And, and I like, my office was right up the hill from a mall and at that mall was a Starbucks. And so I sent 10 emails to 10 agents and I said, Hey, Ken, uh, Shane Kidwell over at one, two, three mortgage. We don't know each other, but we run in similar circles. Uh, I, great news. I just got a lead that I've pre-approved who is looking to buy a home in, you know, Seattle in this neighborhood that I know you're an expert on. I don't have a strong realtor partner in that area. And I wanted to see if you had time to grab, grab coffee, uh, tomorrow or today to, um, to connect and maybe find out if we're a good fit to work with this client together. Now, I was not promising them business. I was not promising them anything. I didn't say I wasn't going to introduce this lead to other agents. That was all I said. And I clicked send 10 times. Dude, I can't make this up. I was running up and down the hill to that coffee shop all day for the next day and a half meeting with agents to have coffee because there was a potential lead in their market I didn't have a strong referral partner there. And, and, and really at the end of the day, and, and actually I'll tell you even crazier, out of that, one of those people I met with happened to be a, a lead agent for a small little fledgling company called Redfin. Redfin uh, became one of the largest online real estate brokerages. Uh, through that introduction, I ended up using that agent to help find a home for me. She then introduced me to her entire team and I closed over 150 transactions with Redfin and was one of their top three recommended lenders. And that completely changed my trajectory. Now, why do I tell that story? Because it started humble beginnings and a simple action. Get a little creative, understand the audience, the referral partner. And I really had to ask myself, I'm brand new, man. I'm desperate. Like I will run through a brick wall to feed my family, right? What does the agent want from me? Well, they want, they want what every agent wants, what everyone in our business wants. They need more business. They need more referrals, right? And so you're asking that question. What do they want? What's their need? What's their biggest fear? And when the, their want and their fear are actually the same thing, 
They want more business because they're fearful of not having enough. They're highly motivated. And so when you, when you have a highly motivated agent, you have an opportunity to give them something that, that, that solves their problem or scratches their itch can work really, really well. And so for me, that simple action from humble beginnings turned into something that like I can attribute basically all of my original success and growth to that one opportunity. Yeah. I love that dude. You know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, like, have you ever gone to a restaurant and pulled in and there's no cars there? And you're yeah, like, I, I leave. Place, yeah. This place may not be great. And you leave. Right. And then you go down the road until what you find another restaurant that's got a lot of cars in the parking lot. And you're like, Oh, this must be good. I'm going to eat here. Guys, realtors are the same way. If they see you hustling, even if you don't not closing any loans and you're involved and they see that you're, you know, that you're out there, you know, networking and being the mayor of your town, it creates energy and they want to be a part of that. Some of the fear of missing out, shoot, boy, I'm the master at giving people FOMO, right? And that I partner with. And I don't mean that to be manipulative, but 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 it's it's business to some degree for me to 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 paint a picture, regardless if it's a, if it's the reality or not. And I think a lot of shit, people do that on Facebook every day anyway, you know? <laughs> so well and agents don't care how much business you do. In fact, most good agents don't want you to do any business other than their business when they work with you. They don't want you to have other agents you're working with, other people that are, you're giving your time to. So we write a story in our minds that like, I've got to do 300 deals a year for this agent to want to hang out with me. The reality is that's completely false. We just haven't figured out the wants, needs, and fears of our number one audience. Because if you can address their needs and their fears, you're going to win their business. Yeah, yeah, love it. I think um, something that would be really good for you, for everyone to really hear, and I hope that you learned in 2020, I do, I hope you learned this. You have to be fiscally responsible, right? Did I say that right, Shane? Fisc- yeah, you did a good job, even with that little year, plan. Yeah. So I think that, uh, I think that's very important. I think the other part is, you know, you got to do the work. You got to stay focused on the ATMs. Everything Shane just said is exactly what you got to, got to do. But I'd add something else to it. I mean, if you're not plugged in to next level loan officers, you're missing out. Uh, It's funny. I was just interviewed um, from a magazine publication, an actual real one, right? Not not like a fake one that you paid for. Yeah, they ask you to pay money for it to be written about. No, no, no. uh, But I had interviewed with this reporter. uh, His name was Stephen. Really great guy. We ended up standing on the phone for like 90 minutes, I think, and and he uh, was really just intrigued with Next Level Loan Officers and, and what we do here, Shane. And I mean, he asked me questions that really challenged me, right? Like he asked me questions that made me think for a minute and I had to go dig deep to, you know, to give him a real and honest feedback and answer to, to those questions. And, and one of the questions is, is, you know, what makes Next Level so much different, Kenneth, than the other programs that are out there? And this is what I told him. And, and I shared some stories from my humble beginnings. I shared the story with him that I just shared with the audience when we opened up this uh, podcast. And what, what I felt to be, and I, I went back to the day, Shane, that me and you sat down after having next level career, we were in three years in and we sat down at that 
restaurant, one of my favorite restaurants in Grapevine, Texas. And you were like, how are you, dude? And I was like, man, I'm, I'm good, but man, I'm tired. And you're like, me too. And what are you tired about, KT? And I said, dude, I'm tired about, you know, I'm tired with doing A, B, C, and D. And you're like, yeah, man, me too. And we formulated and we created something, guys, inside of Next Level that does not exist anywhere in the marketplace. So why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? We're doing this because I remember, I do, I remember my humble beginnings. I remember what it felt like to ask to borrow money. I remember how hard it was. I remember not knowing what I didn't know. And I remember that there were a bunch of coaching programs out there that was going to cost me $2,000 to $2,500. And I didn't have the finances nor the money to be able to invest in at that level. Right. I didn't have it at that level. Right. And there was nothing else available at an affordable price. Right. And we knew that inside next level, in order for us to reach the people that we wanted to reach to help them change the trajectory of their business and their home life and to put them in a position where they could win and spend time with their family and and be available and present with their family and to be able to enjoy the fruits of their labor. We had to go about it a different way. And guess what? It's been freaking hard, man. I ain't gonna lie. Like it's been hard, hard to do what we've done. And here we are, man. We've probably got we've got more coaching clients than we've ever had. And we're I feel like Shane, sometimes next level, we're finally on the map because there's been so many gurus and there's great coaches. Don't get me wrong. There's great coaches in our industry. We're friends with a lot of them and we love and, and like them and respect them. And and in a lot of ways, they uh some are part of next level. And a lot of these guys uh, are getting like retirement age. And I finally feel like, you know, we've been out traveling the country and we've been, you know, putting on all these shows and now our big break has happened and, and we're trying to get the word out there. So I, I, I'm going to say it. If you're not plugged in, I'm talking 197 a year, 197 a month, whatever you want. Right. We are always about giving you guys in the loan officer community more value than we take in payment substantially because we want to see you win. And I shared this story with the reporter and he was silent on the other end for like three seconds because I went on, bro. And he was like, wow, KT, I can, I believe your passion, dude. Like I feel it. And it sounds like you guys have something that the market needs. And, and I agree with that. And Shane, all those 2000 and up coaching programs that a lot of these people are paying for, guess what? They've lost 50% of their clientele, right? And I'll say that they have. We, I've talked to some of them and we've, and we've grown, you know, we've gone the other direction. And it's because we're, it's not, you know, sometimes I think people would think, well, it's only 197 can't be that good. You know what I mean? Can't be that good. You know, no, it's, it's substantially of greater value uh, than what we uh, ask in payment, but we want to grow this community. We want more loan officers like you in it. Well, guys, I, I love that, Ken. And it's easy to become a part of our family and join the community. You can go to becomenl.com. It's $197 a year for the community membership where you can engage in a live feed, conversations, private messaging. You get tactics and strategies from people like us who are in the trenches, who have lived in the mobile homes who have, you know, slept under our desk and quite frankly, right now are in many cases still doing that. If you would like to um, come see us on the other side, go to becomenl.com, sign up for Next Level today. 
we have daily live trainings for our pro members. Today, Kellen Vaughn, myself, for 40 minutes, talked about a strategy that our members implemented at the end of this year to create like powerful conversations with referral partners starting in January that no one else in the industry is doing. We gave them the content, the scripts. It's all done for you. They have accountability within our Power 90 groups to make sure they stay on track and much more. If you feel like you're in a place where you feel you're kind of at that fork in the road, right? You know that the market's different. You're tired of feeling like you're a ship with no rudder. If you want to be able to control your sales and navigate through what's, I think, going to be one of the most wild rides probably ever in our careers and come out on the other side winning, join us on the other side. Uh, We appreciate you guys. If you like this podcast, please give us a five-star review. Share this with friends out there that need to hear this and join us at becomenl.com. See you guys.